Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 4th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 72 at the first paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 steps Cassandra H., the 12 Traditions, Anne-Marie, and our readers of the text are Sally, Paula, Penny C., and Sylvia. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. As a vision for you big book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Cassandra H. to please read the 12 steps. Cassandra? Hello? Good morning. Can you hear me? Cassandra Cassandra H., are you there? Good morning. Can you hear me? I can now. Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Cassandra, a compulsive overeater from Georgia. The 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends 
to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will, for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Cassandra H. And I will now ask Anne-Marie to please read the 12 traditions. Anne-Marie? Hi, this is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, for our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, but never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always remain, <clears throat> maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And you know what? I skipped something. The reference number for Tuesday, June 3rd, um, is 6417, and I apologize. The reference number for yesterday, our share ID, is 6417. And thanks. So how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you please keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to please identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. 
this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And so today we resume our study of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to start on page 72. We're going to read the first and second paragraph and provide comments um, focused on the second paragraph. And I, I will now ask Sally to please get us started. Sally? Yes, good morning again, Katie. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Sally A. in South Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. We have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is, we have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now, these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which, when completed, will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter, this is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. There is doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. The best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. So a lot has been said here, and um, others will speak to that. I'm going to just come down to the bottom of the page where we have a warning. We have about four lines up from the bottom of the page. The best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking, or in our case, eating. And so we see here a warning, a warning that if we skip the step, but it goes on to tell us that 
trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. And they go on to tell us at the top of 73, they took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. So here we're also being told that it's not enough to just do this step, to take the action of sharing our fourth step inventory with another human being and with God, and of course admitting them to ourselves in the process. Because verbal expression does deepen the impression. As the words come out of my mouth, my two ears hear what I said, and it, it, it impacts me. It impacts me as much as it impacts the other person who's hearing me. And so it's not enough to just take the step, but it's important that we don't hang on to some of the worst items in stock. It goes on to say, I'm still on 73, about five lines down, they only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all, until they told all their life story. And let me tell you, I was a camouflage expert. That's what I used to say when people would say, I can't believe you weigh 250 pounds. I don't know how they didn't believe that because I look at the pictures and say, are you kidding? But the truth of the matter is not only was I a camouflage expert when it came to dressing myself and hiding, but I was magnificent at hiding who I really was, the truth of who I was. And, and I, was, I was the queen of isolating, not only physically isolating, but keeping to myself the truth of the deepest secrets. And so this fourth step, what it's presenting to us, is an incredible opportunity to uncover. That is huge. We're going to uncover our secrets because, after all, we are only as sick as our secrets. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally. And who would like to comment for three minutes on what was read today? This is Larry. I'll comment. Sure, Larry. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, thank you for your service. Very grateful this morning. Okay, so um, I guess I'll focus in on, you know, in the second paragraph, going down about, you know, maybe five lines from the bottom. Um, you know, time after time, the newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they've turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Um, and then it says, you know, having persevered with the rest of the program, they wonder why they fell. You know, I can't tell you how, how often I, I hear that, you know, um, that, you know, if if we don't complete our personal house cleaning, if we're hanging on to the worst items in stock, you know, if we're not telling someone else our entire story, you know, eventually, eventually we're going to pick up. And I do hear this a lot, you know, people, I, you know, I hear, you know, something to the effect that, gosh, I, I don't know what happened. You know, I, I've been abstinent for four days, four months, four years, whatever. And for some reason, you know, I picked up and uh, perhaps they are still leading an incongruent life, still presenting you know, the stage character, they're holding on to something. And I know that was the case for me. 
um, that was really critical here is that I was hanging on to some of the worst items in stock. And I, I did persevere um, with the rest of the program. I went on, you know, I shared my step five, went on to six, seven, eight, you know, and so forth, and was trying to live in 10, 11, and 12. And invariably, I got drunk. You know, I picked up. And, uh, you know, for me, this, this process, the principle behind step five is integrity. I didn't have a whole lot of integrity. I was looking for a quick fix, a soft, softer landing, you know. I was looking for that middle-of-the-road solution. I thought maybe if I just sort of, you know, share those things that, uh, that are easiest to share and just kind of go through the motions. Um, and, and, you know, and I meant it when I, when I was trying my best, you know, but, but it was pride and ego. Pride and ego were at the, at the very core. It was the foundation of why... I couldn't, uh, it kept me stuck and mired in the quicksand. And, you know, you don't stay stuck in the quicksand. <laughs> you continue to sink. And that's what I did. I continued to sink and I couldn't figure it out. What is? What, are, what do these other people know that I don't know? Well, I think now I can tell you because I've walked the path. You know, is my walk matching my talk? And I think that's what's, what, what this is about in step five. With, with, um, we're learning how to live a life of integrity. You know, how, before I would share a little bit with you, a little bit with this person, but nobody really had the full story. And, you know, I knew, regardless of how self-delusional I was, I knew that I was incongruent. I was indeed as sick as my secrets. And, uh, and today, um, no one is perfectly congruent. But today, with God's help, leading a God-centered existence, I'm so much more congruent than I ever was. So I can look at myself in the mirror. And, uh, and, and, and this process starts with five. That's why these steps are so seamlessly sequential, you know, that we can't, you can't, it's like a math class. I never did very well in math, but I'll tell you, you miss a day, you miss a month, you miss a year, forget it, you're lost. Same thing with this program. We have to be completely honest with ourselves, with another human being. We have to share our complete story. And if we're not ready to do that, we are going to pick up. That's my experience. So grateful for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Larry. And this is Katie G. I'm just going to comment really quick. I love what people have said. You know, this vital step. What is vital? life-giving, right? And um, I'm not going to get a life if I'm not willing to put in, you know, effort here. What does easier mean? Easier means I'm making no effort. Well, you know, I was talking with someone this morning, and if I want to learn humility and fearless and honesty, sitting on the sidelines and talking about it and thinking about it, I am not going to learn. The only way I have ever learned humility, fearlessness, and honesty is showing up, is saying, okay, I have fear right now. I don't want to share all this with this woman. I don't want to tell her that I hate women with big boobs and small boobs and I hate men who don't like me and who do like me. And I mean, I was hating everybody in the world. But what was so rewarding is to share everything. And, you know, I didn't have to do a lot of arranging. I, I shared my my fifth step with a woman who I didn't know. I heard her message of depth and weight and she was the only one available and we moved forward, you know, and um, 
what's so rewarding is that, you know, by sharing this with her, I opened myself to see, okay, this is where I created problems in my life because I have been so fearful. I never tried anything else. I never tried to go to school. I have been so arrogant that I've created problems in my life. I got feedback that is so rewarding, and I'm not trying to maintain 12 identities today, right? And that is what was so amazing for me. It was like the Grinch, right? Like my heart was growing because all of a sudden I got to settle into my skin, you know, because for so long I was terminally unique. I was the thickest. I was the only one who'd had multiple affairs. I was the only one who'd been anorexic and bulimic and a laxative user and compulsive overeater and alky and this and that. You know, I was the only one. I was terminally unique in my head, you know, but she said that magic word, me too. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to be the most important person in the room today. You know, and, and I continue to practice this step five throughout my life, you know, and I open myself to feedback. I open myself to a sponsor who says, gee, Katie, you know, are you going to take the wussy way out and, and, e- and email that person who's taking you, taking you out on a few dates? Or are you going to show up and treat them with the integrity that you want to be treated with and say, you know what, thanks for... Thanks for the date. Uh, you know, I, I'm not interested in moving forward. And that's how I learned fearlessness today is by showing up and by, you know, trusting God. God is either everything or he is nothing. And I love, you know, the freedom that I got from sharing all of me. If you're not, you know, living on these firing of lines of life and you're wondering how to get humility, fearlessness, and honesty, just show up for today. Stay abstinent, do the work. You will be rewarded with these feelings. But for me, my experience is if I'm not willing to show up and do the work, I, I don't get struck fearless and humble. You know, I don't get struck abstinent. And uh, with that, I do pass. And I'd like to, again, open the meeting up and welcome people to share. Ronnie T. from Florida. Ralph, New York City. Okay, great. May I share? So, right now my list is I've got Lonnie P., Ralph, and then I have Marie. Was someone else? Okay, we're going to get started with Lonnie P., Ralph, and Marie sharing for three minutes. Thanks so much. Go ahead, Lonnie. Good morning, everybody. Lonnie P. from Florida, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um I love the sentence that talks about, you know, we only thought that we had gotten rid of our egoism and humility, you know. Um, I've learned by by working this program and giving this away and things that I was so afraid to give away to another that when I held on to those things, not only did I end up back in the food, but I held on to that deep, deep shame you know, the resentment, the fear, and all those things that that basically lead me back into the food, you know. And I continue, as a dear friend has always used this phrase, I continue to hurt myself in so many ways and on so many levels. So it's only by giving away all of my deepest, darkest secrets, all of the things that I feel so deeply ashamed about, that I can be freed you know, that I can be freed from 
the causes, the underlying root causes that, that lead me to compulsively overeat, you know, and I'm so grateful that, you know, doing the, the inventory and giving it away freed me from so much poison that I had held on to for so long in my life. And I have to continue to do those things today because if not, they continue to fester and grow and they get bigger. And sure enough, one of those, one day I'll have one of those seemingly make one of those seemingly unimportant decisions and I'll, and I'll pick up and, and that'll lead to God knows where, and I don't want to go there. So today it's like, I call somebody and I give it away. You know, I walk through it and I, I, I do the turnaround. I, I look at my side of the street, you know, and doing the four step was the beginning of teaching me how to do that, you know, and giving it away to another, you know, and, and learning that I'm lovable, you know, that people don't shun me because that I'm not perfect. So this is, continues to certainly be a work in progress and will continue for the rest of my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lonnie P. And Ralph, you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Ralph in New York City recovering this program. Thank you all for being there. Um, I love hearing this this morning. I love the part that if we don't thoroughly do this fourth step, we will get drunk again. And I can attest for that, having been in and, around, in and out of the rooms the last 28 years and having done a couple of fourth steps, I realized today that I, I really never really um, thoroughly really got to the bottom of stuff. And I, I, there was stuff that was in front of me that I put on my fourth step, but the deep-rooted stuff, I think that I just wasn't there yet. But I'm willing today, you know, I'm just willing today to want to go through this step once again because I cannot live like this anymore, carrying the burden of the weight and the resentment and the shame and the guilt that are so young for me. You know, all those feelings probably are from starting when I was four, five, six, and seven years old. And at 54 years old, to, to still be carrying this, not only on the physical weight, but in, uh, in the mind, is just, again, burdensome. And I, I'm just willing to know that in order to stay stopped, as they say, and stay abstinent and stay sober, I have to let it go. I have to become whole. I have to become my authentic self in the, in the image of God that I was made in. And in order to do that and to be free, I have to let it go. And no amount of therapy has done it for me and, um, you know, counseling of any sort, because until I dig deep, really dig deep in some of those fears and some of those resentments and some of those, and, and that shame, I cannot be free. And um, this vision for you has been a wonderful tool for me to really want me to get excited about doing a fourth step again because I want to and I need to and I have to, you know. And I heard it said that this is for a, pers- a-, a program for people who want to do it. I want to do it. So I'm just putting it out there that I am um, know that I need to get to the bottom of this. I can't do this any longer by myself, and I need to be honest, thorough, and uh, free. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Ralph. And Marie, go ahead. <clears throat> Marie, please press star one. Thank you. 
Avoiding this humbling experience, they have turned to an easier method. Having persevered, they wondered why they fell. And then it says, we think, and that's talking about the writers. The writers of this book think they never completed their house cleaning. I can't emphasize enough that you have to complete your house cleaning. It is very, very important. Otherwise, you're not going to get the promises. You're not going to get what's offered in this book. When I give my fifth step to my sponsor, or when I gave my fifth step to my sponsor, I felt like I was dealing directly with God because I was inspired by what I needed to talk about, and then I talked about it. And it was a very, very refreshing relieving experience um and, and the food is not really the the problem i i was relieved from the food compulsion but that wasn't the biggest thing i got from the pro, from the fifth step my experience is that my problems have been eased my problems have been corrected. I'm able to live on a, a better plane and a much more spiritual plane. And I can't, I can't express enough how wonderful that is. God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Marie. And who else would like to share this morning on what was read? Hi, this is Nancy. Anita? Okay, Anita. I heard Nancy, and then um, who, who Anita. was the second person? Anita. Anita. Okay, was there anyone else? Great. Okay, we'll get started with Nancy and then go to Anita. Nancy, go ahead, please. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Nancy O from Ohio. And I'm so grateful for all of you and for program. And, you know, I've done this step many times. And at the one time, I had so many notebooks full. And my sponsor said to me, this is not who you are, and this is who you are not. And I know that's not the best language, but that helped me so much to know all of that stuff I had written was not who I was. And as the last time I did this was last fall, and it's a wonderful big book guide, and as I sat filling out my sheets, because I printed sheets off the computer, and I, I wasn't writing it perfect enough, or I was scribbling out, and I was crinkling them up, and I was throwing them on the floor, and pretty soon I looked down, and I had all these papers crinkled on the floor, and it dawned on me that I was afraid, and I know today I have a choice. You know, I was at the turning point. You know, I could either move forward and continue and give this all away or stay back and go back in the insanity of all the food. So I'm just so, so grateful I moved forward. And I am just blessed. And I'm grateful for all of you and for all the connections that I have. And I'm going to pass. Thank you. 
great, Nancy and Anita. Go ahead, please. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Anita, yes. Hi, I'm Anita. I'm um, uh, on my way to recovery in Massachusetts. I found Vision for You through my new sponsor last January when you were on, I think, the doctor's opinion. And I thought God really loved me because steps one and on out of this one, all, all as I am doing them. And my abstinence uh, date for this time, I've been in a long time, was February 4th. And Monday I gave my fifth step away. And it's just... Uh, I am. I feel like somebody right, right on the verge of having a wedding or something because I I did this in the 90s and it was thorough. But this is, as I pointed out at a meeting the other night, it's a 12-step program. It's not one, two, three, four, five. So I'm very grateful that this time I get it. I get one. I get all and. Uh, Anyway, I plan to keep this going. First, I thought I kept listening to the recordings because, oh, I couldn't get up. And now, no matter how late I go to bed, I'm awake for this live meeting. And it's just, it's just, uh, I'm a grateful person. She handed me two more sheets for six and seven. And I know it's a 12, today I know it's a 12 step. Program and that freedom is just a step away for me. Well, it's six, seven more steps away. Thanks, Anita. And who else would like to comment on what was read? Anyone else before we move on? Hi, this is Kathy in Boston. May I share? You may, Kathy. Please go ahead. Thanks, Katie. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Boston, and there's one more thing I want to say about this fifth step um, that made it such a healing process for me, and that was um, the acceptance that I received from my sponsor when I read the entire inventory to her was something I never experienced in my life, um, and that that uh, unconditional love, no matter what I shared with her, um, really f- enabled me to let go of the shame and the guilt in a way that I never could before. So um, in addition to shining light on all my resentments, my fears, and my sex conduct, I also, for the first time, experienced uh, being acceptable just the way I am. Um, And uh, it's something that I experience every time I do a 10th step and share it with a fellow traveler. Uh, It's the same reminder that um, I am one of God's children and um, I am acceptable and lovable and exactly where I need to be. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy Kay. And anybody else before we move on, like a comment? This is Janice, Janice M. 
Janice M., please go ahead. Well, thank you, Katie G. The Janice M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. You know, on page 72, trying to avoid this humbling experience, they turned to easier methods. Well, going back to step four, in the very first paragraph, it said, you know, we tried easier, softer ways, but they did not work because that I know from my own experience, oh, I'm... Uh, I didn't have enough humility because, oh, I didn't want anybody to hear my deep-down secrets. What would they think of me? So I kept going. I be I was dishonest, you know. But the easier, softer way, folks, <laughs> is going through this. Trust me and trust the, the writers of this book. That was the easy. This is the easier, softer way because it's a freedom from isolation with our secrets with our dishonesty, you know. I thought, well, no, I'll do this, but I won't give that. You know, I thought I knew. My ego, all right, my self-will, that, that's what it was. Or my fear, what are they going to think of me? But we, we went through the fourth step, you know, as much as we could, but as soon as we wrote everything down and just says it doesn't matter because God already knows. So he's sending us angels you know, sponsors, to recovered sponsors, to listen to us. What a freedom from isolation. You know, confession is good, but the freedom of telling somebody else that understands me, because they know they've been through it, is such a healing and, and freeing process. So until we become honest, because naturally I was dishonest, because I didn't want you to know about me, and... Uh, and um, having enough humility, if how free do we want to be? Well, this is it. This is the beginning of a freedom from isolation with our secrets. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kathy and everybody. Thanks, Janice. And I think we'll move on. So, Paula, could you please continue with our writing, our reading? Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New Hampshire. Well, here we are, fellow travelers, and here we are given directions, and here we are given the truth. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the other outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. And I'm going to start right where it started. More than most people, other people do this too. Lead a double life? Not like we do. You see, we lead it consecutively. It's not a before and after. It's together. We lead a double dog. He is very much the actor. That's what I want you to see. To the other world, that's what he presents, his stage character. You want me to be like this? Well, I'll be like that. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. What I say I didn't do, how I lived, how I lived wasn't what I said I did. And I saw it more and more in my own life. I could be with you right then and there and say certain kind words. And inside my head, there was no kindness. There was judgment. 
oh, I'm so sad about that for you. I wasn't sad. I wasn't sad. Sometimes I was actually glad <laughs> they get it coming to them. Look at what they did. Oh, doesn't sound that sound callous? It was. Do you think it did not eat us up? And thus we took whatever we did to quiet it. Because, see, we knew it ends. But he knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. And it goes on. But I'm going to stop right there. Because these are just doors opening to show us we don't have to lead a double life. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thanks, Paula. And who would like to share on what was read? Kim? Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. I mean, that's the dichotomy of what living in this disease is like, that double life. You know, in college, my my, uh, roommate actually called me one year the chameleon because depending on who walked in the door, I would become a totally different person. And I have to tell you, I was pretty proud of that. But what I realize now after going through these steps, it just shows how sick I was because I learned as a child that if you can just stay quiet and find out what other people need and become that, then people will not leave you. So I spent my life living that double life. And why was that? Because I knew I was a piece of crap. But if I could make you believe I had some value, if I could make you believe I had some worth, then maybe I had a shot. So when I was, was looking for a boyfriend, it wasn't like I was checking out you know, what I liked about this guy. The way that I approached it was I was auditioning for the part of being a girlfriend. I was auditioning for the part of being your friend. And that double life was so difficult. I mean, to try to keep straight in my mind all the lies that I told you. Who am I supposed to be in front of you? And who am I supposed to be in front of you? And we're going to see in that next paragraph, what does that double life do? What are the consequences of wanting that certain reputation but knowing I don't deserve it? The, the consequences I'm under, is I'm under constant fear and tension, and that makes for more eating. Because I cannot reconcile the person I feel like I am inside and the person I'm trying to make you believe I am. So how do we reconcile that? We walk through the steps. And the beginning of it is to tell someone all our story, to let down those masks, to not try to tell you what I think you want to hear, but to tell you my truth. And by telling you my truth, I can become more authentic. And becoming more authentic, I can unite with God and become the person God wants me to be versus these masks that I've worn for decades. So I'll read that one more time. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim. And who else would like to comment on what was read? This is Janice. Janice, please go ahead. Hmm, Good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, I love, I love the directions and the explanations that we get here in the big book about this step. You know, it says that now these are about to be cast out. 
you know, we are we are ready if we've done a thorough fourth step to get rid of this stuff, to get rid of this stuff. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of a practical thing that I did while I was working the these this step, especially fourth and fifth step. You know, I wanted I wanted to get clean, but I wasn't sure I wanted to take a bath. You know, I wanted to get clean, but here the rubber was going to meet the road. But what I found to be true is that while I was doing that fourth step and putting down on paper a lot of these things about myself, in black and white, down they went. I couldn't stand to sit on them. And so I called I called other people that I knew were working on their fourth step too. I called other people and I said, guess what? I just put something down on my fourth step. And I just got to tell somebody about it. And you know, by the time we were done, we were laughing. And sometimes that person shared with me something they had put down on their fourth step. Because I had always compartmentalized my life. I shared this with that person and this with that person, but never the whole, the entirety of it with any one person. But what I found to be true is that it was like a pressure cooker as I did step four. And that's why if we don't do step five, we go back to eating. You know, if we skip this vital step, this telling ourselves, telling on ourselves in, a, in its entirety, the pressure will build up until finally our thinking will tell us that the best idea we've had in a long time is to pick up the food. So I knew, I knew that as I shared this, it released a little of the pressure, a little of the pressure, a little of the pressure, so that when I got to doing step five and shared with my sponsor everything in its entirety, I'd already talked about many of these things. And if I hadn't talked about it with her, I talked about it with one of my fellows. And I tell you, that made the world of difference for me because it allowed me then to share with one person everything. But I'd already been establishing that network of people who were beginning to know me inside and out because those were the people I could rely on. They knew me. They loved me. They accepted me because I was like them. You know, so what a great blessing we have here. Because I knew in my heart, I knew, didn't you know? I knew I wasn't as good as all of these other people, even though I pretended to be. But now I could start to feel in my heart that I was, that I was worthy of transformation. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Janice. And this is Katie G. And I just wanted to share something that I had a huge spiritual awakening when I was doing the fifth step with my sponsor around this word deserve. So deserve means to to earn by service, um, to be worthy of, to fit or suitable for reward, to, um, to devote oneself to service. Prior to doing my fifth step, I devoted myself to one thing, KDG. KDG, I wanted me, myself, and I to get my needs met I would plow through you to get my needs met. I would try and control you to get my needs met. Um, I would be the person I thought you wanted me to be. I would read your mind. And then when you didn't obey my standards, watch out because I was out to get you. 
you know, and, and the shift that happens to me is that in doing the fifth step, I saw I was devastated about how I had lived my life based on the three common manifestations of myself, my resentment, my fear, and my sex conduct. And what did it get? Get me a sponsor, a big book, and a plan of eating, and a plan for my life, right? And today, you know, my primary purpose is to stay abstinent and to help other women to earn by doing service, right? To earn by by showing God, okay, God, how things may not be going the way I want them to, but let me live in reality and surrender. God, who do you want me to be? How can I help people today? So there was this tremendous shift that, like, I'm not concerned about my reputation today. Like, I would rather be despised for the woman that I am today than loved for who I am not. And I get to be the woman that God wants me to be today and devote my life to service to other people. You know, and that is rewarding in ways that I cannot express to you, that God uses me and helps me help others. And it is a privilege and an opportunity each and every day that I get to show up for that. But I didn't just know how to be of service to other people. I had to go through the steps to learn how my selfishness pervaded throughout all aspects of my life. And with that, I do pass. And who else would like to comment? Lorna. Lauren, please go ahead. Hi. Hi, Sister Janae. Okay. Okay. Hi, sisters and brothers. My name's Lauren S. As in Sam, I recovered compulsive overeater. All right. Uh, this is where I am right now in my program. I am doing my 10, 11, 12. I recovered compulsive overeater. And also, I did my fifth. My third, fifth, I did it yesterday, going through this big book workshop, and I read to my dear friend who listened to me. We split it up into two days. It was a six, seven-hour process before I started on reading my sex or my um, resentment inventory. I knew what it says in the book is to tell that person our entire story. So I told her all of that, take it to the grave information that I thought she would be like, you're not recovered, Lauren. You know, you're all that stuff, that other shameful behavior and attitude and, um, you know, dishonesty with my parents and all that stuff that didn't fit into my resentment and fear and um, relationship inventory. And I felt a freedom that I didn't feel during my first two fifth steps and my 10 steps along the way. So what I... What I recommend is if you're giving a fifth, if someone's giving you their fourth step inventory, before they read their inventory, to just say, is there anything you're holding on to? Anything. You know, any, um, gosh, this could be any kind of just perhaps drug use or sexual conduct that they didn't have or perhaps eating behaviors that they're not sure are weird or 
something, you know, things they stole, just anything to tell somebody your entire story. The book, the big book teaches us we don't have the luxury to hold on to any secrets because we will pick up the food, and to pick up the food is to die. So it's a wonderful, it's a loving, and it's a, it's not a shameful process. It's a loving, and it's a caring step. Thank you. I'll pass. Thanks, Lorna. And we have time for about one more share. Who else would like to comment on what we read? Melissa. Yes, please, Larissa. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. This is Melissa from New York. And, um, you know, I I just i am feeling that overwhelming feeling of gratitude. And in the past, when I hear people say I'm a grateful, compulsive overeater, um, sometimes I inside I roll my eyes because, really, are you really that grateful? Um, but I can say today I am. I um what an incredible program that we have. Um, and someone said yesterday, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it's something that we do. And I've just been meditating on that. And as we're reading today, I'm thinking um, how fortunate I am that at 45, I'm getting an opportunity to really be authentically myself. And I have this trust in my higher power. I feel like you know, um, putting the food down, that was the first. And then that irritable, um, uncomfortable feelings started to overcome me again. And now I have these beautiful steps to get rid of that stuff, all these things that I've been holding on to. And, um, and I'm working on my fourth step. And I feel, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving, um, I'm, I guess I'm kind of, telling my sponsor as I'm going and, um, you know, and um, I'm not as fearful of um, being honest and really revealing who I am because either God is everything or God is nothing. And I, I know he's everything and, uh, and he will, he will protect me through this. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Clarissa. And we have time for about a one or two minute share. Does anybody uh, feel? Sarah, can I share? Yeah, Sarah, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Katie. This is Sarah, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, I I was the chameleon, and um, you know, I think you know what we're trying to do is get to the crux of the matter. And you know, I have to be willing, or the honesty, the open mindedness, and willingness of the program is about walking through this stuff and and the humility is about you know exposing my my um my vulnerability and and this is what it is this is what it does and this is what's going to allow me to finally connect with with well most importantly my higher power but also with other people and the and the benefit of that will be that I'll connect with myself finally and I can truly have a self because you know, for years I worked in a hospital and nobody even knew I was married because I was always listening to other people. And and it was like I kept compartmentalizing my life. And today, you know, I want to be able to be who I am wherever I am. You know, on this phone line, I'm not different than what I am with my family. And at times I do become agitated with my family, but I have a 10-step to work with that issue 
as my grandson sits here and looks at me. <laughs> but I think the thing I really wanted to say most importantly is that we, are, we, we present ourselves as stage characters when we haven't really worked through and, and allowed another human being to know us. And that the joy in our heart comes when we do allow that person to know us. I know for myself, when I did my first um, fifth step with somebody many years ago, uh, you know, they embraced me and they, they told me that, you know, how courageous I was and how much they loved me. And it is about integrity, as was stated by somebody. You know, that's what the step uh, principle is. So I have to go back to that. If I want to be a principled person, uh, then, then, you know, the steps are here to help me do that. And, you know, it, it, we think it's a lot worse than it is, but anything worthwhile does take effort. And I think that's the thing. How willing are we to get better? How much do we want to get healthier? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Penny C. please read A Vision for You? Yes, thank you, Katie. My name is Penny C., a recovered compulsive eater from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.